Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Up Podcast. We are back. It's your favorite two co-hosts in a wall. And before we start this episode, I do want to say this before I get into the topic and completely forget. I want to add a trigger one in here. Um, today's episode is going to be about some very heavy topics, including grooming, sexual assault, everything within that range, um, relationships with adults as teenagers, you name it, we are going to talk about it today. So if this is going to be a heavy topic for you, if it if it's going to bring up some uncomfortable feelings for you, um, we welcome you to join us for the next episode of the Go Up Podcast next week, Tuesday. If not, and you're here, go ahead and take a deep breath, breathe into your nose, out your yes. mouth, call somebody a mother's gun, load that tension in your mouth, <laughs> and just get ready. You know, yes. I had to add it in there. Y'all know, like, no, <laughs> yeah, that, it's necessary. Call somebody a mother. Somebody a mother. Call somebody a mother. Yes, you know. Um, if the, I did a guided meditation, cathartic. if I did one of those, that would be a job guided meditation, though. Yeah, there would be. Like, remember, every day is a new day to piss off a white man. Feel the tension within your body. <laughs> like, I Remember that that tension is because yeah. of capitalism. <laughs> Remember that a colonizer did this. It's not your fault. <laughs> you know, breathe oh, yeah. in, two, yeah. three, in. and exhale oh. with a mother's gun. Mother's gun. We're going to need that today. We are. We definitely are. So you guys here at Third Voice on a podcast, it is my girl, Miss Audrey, who has been on the podcast before, who actually was one of our first guests. I guess I was. As in one, okay? We are in season I've been around. Exactly. Been around. She does this. Not like that, but still, you know. (laughs) And even if you had been, so what? We sex positive over here. Okay, okay. <laughs> you wanna throw that thing back, back the truck up? Okay. Listen, I can't, I can't, I can't throw it back the way I used to. These knees be um telling, oh, hey, telling on me big time. <laughs> who gonna beat her ass? Hey, yeah, who, who gonna beat her? Well, no, well, nobody really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, nobody really. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I couldn't even answer that question if it was asked to me, yeah. like to save my life. Like, exactly. You have thirty seconds. Just we're gonna pull the trigger. Who's gonna beat her ass? Nobody. I'm out. Exactly. No, but Audrey does this. She's been here many times. I'm sure she's gonna be back many times because she has a lot of a lot of good shit to offer to this podcast. And we got up. Like we got up. As long as you guys have me back, I will be back. Yes. Period. Provided I'm not like on the other side of the world. Even then, I'm gonna show up. Exactly. Yeah. So Audrey, take a, a few seconds, tell the people who you are, what you do, you know? All right. Well, ladies and gents, if you're just tuning into the Good Up podcast and you have not met moi, um, I'm Audrey Malone. Uh, I am now the editor-in-chief of City Girl Virgin Islands magazine. I am a pageant veteran, representative of Virgin Islands, I think, uh, 
three times nationally and one time locally. Um, I'm currently a master's graduate. Finally, got my degree and hopefully, you know, Biden can go ahead and cancel some of the student loan. Hey, right? amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and that's me. I'm your resident good up guy. We love Period. to see it. Period. Period. motherfucking see it. So, with that said, <laughs> I'm glad we gained some laughing out the way because today's Ooh. topic, and I'm going to approach this, I think, lightheartedly like I always do because I, I like to take tense topics or taboo topics and just put them out on the floor the way we would talk about it when we're talking about it while we're homegirls, right? Because DJ's yeah. my homegirl. Audrey's my homegirl. Period. So exactly. Um, and today's topic, is essentially grooming so for those of you who don't refer to this way grooming is when someone in a position of power manipulates another person um to essentially get a result that they want to do whatever they want right and they manipulate them by way of treating them nicely by way of establishing a friendship or a relationship um it's basically psychological manipulation and a lot of times when grooming happens it happens in relationships and i'm using quotes between adults and young children or teenagers um so a lot of times there are scenarios and we could look at this in our friends in our families for ourselves where as a teenager we may have been involved in a relationship with an adult and growing up now you know, it's 2022. We've learned some words. We've read some some <laughs> books and some articles. And the light bulb starting to come on like, wow, that person I dated when I was 15 was a fucking weirdo. A legitimate pedophile. Definitely <laughs> pedophile, predator. Just a mm-hmm. whole lot of negative things. Like criminal behavior. Literal criminal. criminal. He was a smooth behavior. criminal. <laughs> I legit like like straight to jail. So you know, the other day I was thinking about this and I decided to ask the question on Facebook. And I basically it was very simple. Put a hand emoji, raise your hand. If you had ever been either approached or in a relationship with an adult when you were a minor. And I believe toddy something people responded on the post itself but if i wanted to see my inbox it was insane okay yeah and the thing that really made me sad was that it was mostly black women who responded it was some black men um but mostly black women and i was like wow so my childhood experience was not just mine which by Mm -hmm. in in three years of doing this podcast i should have been known that already Um, (laughs) but you should know your experiences are shared with other black women absolutely absolutely yeah pretty much so it make me laugh because deidre see the post and deidre said let me go set up my fucking mic what is hey deidre always knows when i come to the facebook feed or twitter and i ask a question and people respond i am doing research yeah i am i saw that I said I'm not even gonna bother mm-hmm. sharing a testimony. I'm gonna just set up my mic because exactly we open I, it. <laughs> I don't like talking about stuff that the audience can't relate to, right? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be something that hits home for everybody. And this is one of those things. So Deidre said, Let's I'll just my mic. like busting people's chests. Like we do left, we right, do. and center. We have we to I'll, I'll because destruction is a promise of something new. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we we're gonna we're gonna you, crack you open. Did you put that on a t-shirt? 
it's, it's literally on, on my board. Yeah. I was live on Instagram painting it on my friggin'. I'll show you at the end of the recording. Yeah. It's literally on in my office. I have I, a little chalkboard. I love board. that. The yep. Destruction is the promise of something new. I and it's love a fact. That. I painted yeah. it. I like I drew, I drew it on a chalkboard and then I use like chalk paint and I like painted it on and it's just it's yeah. sitting on my wall and I remind myself of that all the time cuz it's a fact. But that's, that's a life, life mantra. I love it. It's mm-hmm. a life mantra, and I honestly think that we don't come into this podcast with that mindset. Like, yeah, hey, we bought to fuck you up for forty five minutes, but you yes. gonna be alright. <laughs> you gonna be fine. You will live. Be fine. You will live to tell the tale. Big facts. Yeah. You will. You will leave a brand new. If anything, exactly. literally. Yes. So, with that being said, yeah. um, I am I am coming to this with the understanding that every single person on this call has been in a situation where they have been groomed. So, can you summarize? what that looked like in your youngest year like what was i guess the most prominent example of you being in an inappropriate relationship with an adult well for me it was and i think when we talk about grooming we don't really talk about like the emotional aspect of it for me it was very it was emotional tied like this guy appealed to my emotional state. He made me feel validated. He made me feel heard. He respected me. I, I guess you can say to a degree, he respected me. He made it like, seem like he respected you. How like, you know, like he valued my opinions. Like I felt seen. And I think that's something that we don't really talk about when we talk about us being young and dumb and full of calm and how in our most vulnerable states because we're still growing and not, we're not emotionally mature having somebody older than you make you feel validated make you feel so emotionally valid that plays a huge part in the kind of relationship you build with a person and for me with him he made me feel feel emotionally validated so it was very easy for me to go to this man and have conversations and feel like seen in his presence i mean so much so that before we even took it anyway, I was like, bro, we're going to have to go to my mother and like really eat it itself because I don't feel comfortable doing this in secrecy. And dude was like, bet, we'll go. Yeah, 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 I see I see the eyes. Yes, he said, yes, we will go to your mom and we will have this conversation. And we went to my mom and we had this conversation. Now, this is where I, my spidey senses should have been tingling like left, right, center, and up, down, and up. When my mother was like, pretty much gave it her blessing. Like that should have been red flags for that. That should be huge red flags because no mother who wants the best for any daughter would be okay with her dating a man who's twice her age. We all know how our culture happens to be around these things. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, I ain't trying to be a part of the culture where everybody gonna talk behind my back and be secret. If you gonna talk about me, you gonna talk to me in my face. Make sure you get a fact straight, Mm plain and simple. So I was more than willing to be upfront about it. But it's like, as it moved forward, and, and and I have to say this relationship never got sexual. It was very intimate, but it never got sexual because at the 11th hour, just before shit really hit the fan, my young, dumb, and full of come behind got some sense. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Wow. Like, Draws were down, shit was happening. I was like, no, I can't do this. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, you have to respect my decision, but I can't do this. Like, I and you were still 15 or? 
Were you still 15 or had a lot of time gone by? I was just shy of being 16 or something like that. So okay. it was closer to a year. And he didn't like it, but eventually he had no choice but to respect. Because it was either you take me home, my, let me go about my business, or I go to the cops. It was, it was the only option. So he took me home. And we never spoke about it again. But that experience always sticks in my my head. It's a core memory for me. It sticks in my head in the things that kind of govern how I move through relationships with people, period. Mm -hmm. Right? Because at any age, a man can make you feel that way. It, it's like when we talk about grooming, we think it's often adult to child, but a fucking adult can groom an adult. Absolutely. And it's even more like psychologically fucked up for an adult to groom an adult absolutely in such a manner where that person doesn't think for themselves and is in a situation that they can't get out of yeah which comes into a lot of domestic abuse situations there's a lot of grooming that happens there that we don't yeah. talk about right and we we see how like super like very violent domestic like abuse relationships are we see the very violent ones we don't see the ones that are emotionally and psychologically terrible yeah where that person is confined to a space based on what that person says those are things they should respond to like i'm very fearful of somebody coming into my life and and doing that to me like because it's very possible people can they can fuck with your emotions to the point where you change who you are oh yeah i'm very fearful of that yeah it's just cringy Ooh. <laughs> not cringy it's crazy, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you touched on the fact that like this is not just an isolated incident right like they, these are things and situations that happen to where like they inform the way we navigate the rest of our lives and sometimes the way we have relationships for relationships, the rest of period. our lives absolutely so, absolutely until we 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 get a help that you know we need so i mean i think in in my case listen and it was all really fucked up, but I cannot identify a situation in my childhood slash teenage years, minus maybe two that did not involve some form of grooming or inappropriate relationship with somebody who was much older than me. Yeah. So, that is a very long time. Yeah. So that's a lot of core in, memory functions there. It is. It definitely is. And it, it absolutely informed how I navigated relationships with, with men, right? So even, and I've spoken about it before on a podcast, like even in those scenarios or incidents of sexual assault that I've experienced, it was always somebody in either a position of power over me or somebody older, right? Not necessarily grooming, but like I've always been in a situation to where the men or the man that I am interacting with is older than me or just in a position of power over me, right? Yeah. Um, but I think my, the, the, incident that comes to mind and that keeps coming to mind when I was planning this episode is that I became involved with someone when I was 16, 17. I had just turned 17 maybe. And Audrey, it, it kind of made me laugh when you said he was around 30, but I never actually remember his age because I knew, I know looking back that this person was very clearly too old for me because I remember the year he tell me he graduated from the high school that I went to and 
he was older, much older than my sister at the time. And my sister is three years older than me. And he was like way older than her. So, <laughs> when so the math was mocking then and you still didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember knowing like vague information about him, but I never recall him actually telling me how old he was. And I think at the time, so, and we're we going to kind of talk about this more broadly later. There was a culture when I was in high school and prior to, especially back home, of relationships between adult men and young high school girls or yes. younger being kind of like a frowned upon thing, but nobody was but doing anything very about Nobody it. was doing anything yes. about it. It was spoken negatively about, but it was always the girl who was the problem. And you know, it was always a thing with the Hesman them and high school yeah. girls, yeah. but it was never that these men are fucking predators. It was that these girls are fast and why they always chasing Hesman. Yeah. Well, so, and nobody ever asked the question like, why these Hesmandis walk on these taxi man? That part. these girls. Exactly. Like, why y'all ain't asking why these daddies and uncles and brothers and grandfathers out here chasing these young girls? Either way, I just remember not being fully aware of his age. And the crazy mm -hmm. thing is I did not realize until maybe last year that this relationship was inappropriate, right? Like, wow. because, and we talked about this last episode, how social media is having these conversations and kind of giving us new language to put to the things that we've already been through. And with that comes like a new level of awareness of like, wow, I experienced this thing. I just didn't know that that's what it was called. Yeah. So when people have been talking about grooming and predatory behavior and all that stuff, I knew what it was when I was younger. I just did not see it as, as big of a fucking problem or as big of a like, wow, that was not good. That happened to yeah. me until I got the language for it, right? So again, knew he was way too old for me, um, but we became involved. I was 16 or 17 and this relationship was sexual. And at no point, I could tell you this with full confidence. He was fully aware that I was a high school student because he met me through a family member of his who was in school with me. So he knew that I was in Central at the time. He had picked me up from my mother's house at night. So I was sneaking out of my mother's house. This is who we house. talked about on season two in that truck? <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not. So this is not the person I lost. A different, different one. But same, so same house, same scenario. So the same way that I snuck out of my mother's house for that thing that I talk about, I use the same method essentially because I already know how to do it. We stand a... I, listen, okay, I will wild in. Um, Consistency. So, we love it. Yeah. And this person was taking me to their place of residence for all of this stuff to happen. Yeah. Never at any point, right? Clearly knew I was in high school, never actually asked my age i guess at that point didn't need to yeah. um and i remember at the time being enamored with this person i remember thinking it was cool that he had a nice car and could pay for things and that he thought i was pretty and that he liked the the sex that i was having with him and i thought that was something that i could be proud of and i tie in this back to what i said earlier about this being a part of our culture 
in saying that the reason that I did not find a problem in my having a relationship, a sexual relationship with him is because my friend at the time was in a sexual relationship with a man who was twice her age. And I also knew multiple girls in high school. All of this happened concurrently who, again, were in relationships with older men. These men were picking them up after school. In some cases, these men were coming on campus during school hours to see their girlfriends monitors knew who they were and i glad that you pointed it out earlier when you said that the blame usually lies on the students i remember the monitors talking shit about the female students while they were allowing these men walk laying them walk on campus to go see their girlfriends they were talking shit about the girlfriends being fast right so this was a norm my -hmm. friends were doing it i saw no problem with it i did not I did not see him as a predator because he liked me because he had all these compliments to, to shower me with because he was essentially paying attention to me in a way that I felt. It I was, was validating your existence in a way you weren't getting. But also, mm. and this is very important. I say this all the time. I have navigated my life as a fat woman, my entire life, right? As a fat yeah. person. Yes. So I was not being sought out by teenage boys right i was being sought out by grown men men. because i had the type of body that they were looking for right at least that's what i told myself that oh they're looking for me because i have the kind of body that like older men want so i'm i'm more I don't You're know. a hot I, commodity. Yeah. I convinced You're myself that I was this yeah. hot commodity, right? Because these older men looking out for me, not necessarily like, it's not that they're looking for an older woman's body. They're looking for you because you are a teenage girl, because you are an imp- impressionable. And because in their mind, you do not have the self-confidence or the self-assurance to recognize this situation as predatory. Yep. So they can mm-hmm. influence you to do what the fuck you want them to do. Yeah. Yep. So I go I gonna touch on this more later because I want Deidre to to have her turn. Looking back at this relationship, I am mind blown at how much of a fucking loser this person was. <laughs> like Facts. that's and that's the one thing well, anybody who's been in a, in a in a relationship with somebody who's astronomically older than them, it's not that you're tw- you're mature for your age cuz that's what I always was given that I'm so Is mature for my age. Mature that he was immature, yeah, and I I remember putting this on my TikTok. It's not that you're mature for your age. He's immature for his. Or just people rather, right? There's pedophiles and then there are those predators who want somebody to manipulate because they don't have what it takes to be a suitable partner for people in their age groups, right? Because let's keep it a buck. Sometimes they're really not even necessarily attracted to children. They're attracted to who's easiest to manipulate. Wasn't there a guy who just went viral for specifying that he only, this is a 33, I think year old man who specified that he only dates, that he only dates women who are like 25 or younger Mm -hmm. because they're so, um, they're malleable. His word, they're malleable. They're malleable. All these words describe grooming techniques literally like you only date these women because you can emotionally and psychologically manipulate them into being what you want or need them to be they're like you only did women who are tw- like 25 you just getting good car insurance like you just cracked the threshold they're very decent car insurance and you don't have to pay that premium like 
21, you're just able to really get into the good bars and the good places to get a good muscle mule. Like, you haven't exactly. lived life unless you've had that kind of life. But Absolutely. at those ages, you're just figuring out who the hell you are. And if you exactly. at 33 are only dating women who are 25 or younger, honey, we all should be running away from you because you exactly. clearly do not have the emotional or mental capacity to begin with any woman at any age. Exactly. exactly. So... So, so it's funny because, so my first like boyfriend where the age difference was inappropriate. Um, I, it wasn't a giant age difference, but he was an adult and I was a child. I was 16 and he was 19. Yeah. I was 16 and he was 19. So in my mind, it was only three years. I didn't see it as a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, we eventually broke up. But the next person I was in a relationship with after him was a lot older than me. But at this point, I was 18. I had just turned mm -hmm. 18. I was involved with a 31-year-old. So I, again, essentially told myself, like, well, I'm an adult. Granted, I was still in high school. That's the thing. I'm still in high school. In high school. So I'm a senior in high school, and I'm involved with a 31-year-old man who already has, like, a seven-year. I think his daughter was six or seven at the time um right so i'm over here playing stepmother to, i mind you i love that child down i have to this day that's my little baby okay she's an aquarius like me okay <laughs> that's my baby i fuck with that child heavy she's grown now because a lot of time has passed but in any case i was 18 he was 31 um and the irony is funny because that's how come i was so um responsive to you mentioning that your mom um essentially approved y'all's connection because my mom introduced me to this man um oh. Yeah, it was a very weird thing. So my high school sweetheart, the, the 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 love of my my first love, he had broken my heart for the <laughs> now this was a boy who was my age, right? The boy, my first love or whatever, the boy who I was allowed to be involved with, right? Because I had I was just about to turn 18. I was like 17. He broke my heart. Right after my 18th birthday, my mom introduced me to um to this other guy because I guess her and my auntie were talking about how like sad I was or whatever and my auntie was like oh well my daughter's boyfriend's friend is newly single whatever the case may be let's introduce them I will never forget my mom had planned like this whole cookout this whole barbecue that we had a bunch of people at and he was one of the guests at the cookout that's how him and I met I remember we hit it off and then we became boyfriend and girlfriend and I'm 18 years old with this 31 year old man. So even though I was an adult, I was a very young adult involved with men that were way too old for me. Cause the next person I was involved with after I broke up with him, um, was this guy who was 34 and I was 20 and he, um, I think he worked at Hovensa, but he literally lied to me, had me thinking he was single. That man had a whole wife at home. Once I stopped seeing him, I got in a relationship with Dylan's dad and that's the largest age difference that I've ever been in. Like I was still 20. Um, and mind you, there was not much of a gap in between. Like I broke up with the one that I was with since 18. And, I then, spent, the other and one. then I, and, and granted him and I were not a couple, but this is who I was dating at the time. You know what I mean? There's an old sneaky link. I used to fool around with that same year, 20 years older than me. <laughs> like, like I'm goodness. 20, <laughs> right. I'm 20. This man is 40. So at this point, so this is right before my 21st birthday, I meet Dylan's dad, who is 28 years older than me. I mean, Dylan's dad were together up until I right before my 26th birthday. Um, and I 
of course, in my mind was mature for my age. I was wanting something that the boys my age didn't want. You know, it was all these things that I said to and about myself to make me feel better about being in the relationship. And I just genuinely was attracted to him. I'm not going to act like I wasn't because I, I was, you know what I mean? Um, But then when I look back on the relationship, I, I was in an abusive relationship with that man and I was being groomed. And I think I spent so long not thinking I was being groomed because I was an adult. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the reality is, was I absolutely was, you know? Um, And for the same reasons that Audrey mentioned, feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling loved, feeling appreciated, feeling, um, feeling taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that's something that was, um, you know, that's, that's, I think that's the, the, the common denominator between all people, not even just girls, but anybody who's in a relationship with somebody a lot older than them. A lot of it comes from feeling seen and heard and appreciated by somebody that much older than you. And I think being reaffirmed that, you're smart that you're not dumb that you have something to contribute to anything especially a connection you know Mm -hmm. um so it was very much that in those situations when intimacy is created based on just having a really good time like really being in somebody's presence and embracing Mm -hmm. that presence it creates an attraction that we're not particularly ready for we're going out that's that's the key feeling Yes. And that's the key right there that we're not ready for. Cause Lord knows I was not ready. Um, and, and yeah, I just remember it started out great. And then it, until it wasn't until it was, and he would do these little things to like manipulate me. Like I'll never forget. Um, I remember one time I was getting ready to go out, but I remember I had on like a little sundress and you know, this was still in St. Croix. It's fucking hot all year. Right. <laughs> and he commented on how short it was. And then he stopped himself and he's like, you know what? That was inappropriate. I shouldn't have done that. You're you know, you're an adult, you have control over what you wear. Forget I even said anything. So what in the gaslit. Girl, like, so this... in the torture. Like yes. Who? So he first commented on you going out in that like, that's so short. And then he immediately was like, Oh, wait, you know what? No, that was not cool. I shouldn't have done that. You're a grown woman. I don't get to dictate what you wear. So in the <laughs> moment, I'm thinking, This is my motherfucking man. Like, ain't nobody when in reality that man was Fully, 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 fully manipulating me. Because in the back fully of your head, dude knew how to switch the conversation and switch knew, the tone and switch the language and the thing to is make he, you do what he wanted you yeah. to do. Bruh. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, because he, the, the reality is, is naturally my response will be, who the fuck, like, I'm grown, I could wear what I want. But before I even had a chance to get to it, he did the whole, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have even done that. So now I think I still wore the dress, but I was self-conscious about it for the rest of the day. Yeah. And guess what? I don't think and I then, ever wore anything that short again. Exactly. Because the next time you were like, well, he he obviously was bothered by it, but he didn't want to say anything because he was so considerate. So exactly. this time I'm going to be considerate of him. Like yes. shit like that. And this, this now is the why he over there with a marker like, tick, tick. yeah, yes. got that oh, done. Hell yeah. Making his yeah. Got that done. Yep. And this this is why, like, I want to highlight an important part of this conversation, which is like that intimacy. Right. So for some of us who've been in these relationships with older people, it's not always about the sex. It's yeah. it's the relationship that happens first, 
right? Yeah. In a lot of these situations, they're not just straight up having sex with these people. Like there is a relationship and a friendship that is happening. And the purpose of it is so that the person who is older in the scenario has power over the person who is younger or the person, you know, in, in a position of power is doing things so that they can remain in that power. In that position. Like, yeah, in my situation, like, the fact that I was getting phone calls all the time, the fact that he was texting me throughout the day, like, I a part of me feels like he knew that he was giving me a level of attention and availability that, again, I was not receiving from boys who were going to school with me. Now that I look back at it, the reality is, is that he probably didn't have a job at the time, and the boys who I wanted to talk to was in class. So, of course, they wasn't paying me attention because they were busy. Um, yeah. <laughs> But just and shit the thing like is, that, like... But then also, think about that, because you made a good point, right? He probably didn't have a job. But also, mm-hmm. as a teenage girl, you probably didn't really need much from a partner, right? Little what? McDonald's? Little didn't leave. Chicken shack? You, you... Exactly. When I say that, I mean, <laughs> the things living. that you want. As a teenage girl, you don't need anything. Why? Because your parents are providing just about everything. Mm-hmm. They're providing a stable home, food, mm-hmm. the, the nurturing that is supposed to be provided. Like, your parents got that. So when this person comes in, they know they don't they have just, to provide the major necessity. Exactly. They just have to provide, like, what's missing. These little supplements. And they'll figure things. out what's missing. But then also, we also have to factor in, there's, um, there's also those... Um, those children essentially that are groomed that don't have access to many resources. A lot of the times these are kids coming from broken homes and that predators love to, they prey on the vulnerable and the weak. Right. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes those inappropriate relationships between say the WAPA man and his little 16 year old girlfriend, she probably has a broken home environment. She probably comes from a household where her parents can't afford to provide those basic necessities. So yeah, they might provide a roof, you know, but that kid's emotional needs are probably not met or they're probably giving the very bare minimum. They probably can't really even afford to keep her in, you know, decent school clothes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sometimes it's these men with better, with a lot more money who's providing these things that the parents can't. And then in other cases, it's like these broke dusties who they can't take a woman their own age on an adequate date. So they'd rather take a 16 year old to like wendy's and tell her to exactly order whatever she wants exactly. off the menu order whatever you want. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't describe i mean i guess i i did come from a broken home but at the time so i wasn't in a in a socioeconomically socioeconomically <laughs> difficult situation right. in my house life right but because my mother could provide for us yeah but my issue was that at the time so I went to high school at the start of the recession. I went into high school at the start of the recession. The recession had a really big impact on my family. My oldest sister had to leave her company, which was shut down as a result, bring her at the time one-year-old daughter, who is now 15 years old and listens to this podcast, um, had to bring her home. And we ended up living in one house with my mother, my oldest sister, my middle sister, myself. And it's four women a recession is happening. At the time, I was a teenager, so I was like, yo, everybody in this fucking house tripping. Is it me? <laughs> as an adult, as a 30-year-old woman, looking back, I'm like, they were depressed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But everyone was going through this really difficult time in their lives, trying to navigate this economic situation, living in a house with three other women and a baby, 
emotions running everywhere, right? So it wasn't the easiest household to live in, right? Yeah. Nobody was talking to each other. There was a lot of tension at all times. Mm. Everybody used to come home and go to their room, which allowed me to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. (laughs) But the reason I was doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do was because I was not receiving attention or spending time with anybody in my house. I felt invisible. Nobody was like... I could have broke my leg in the living room and people would have been like, okay, here's that's nice. Can you go someplace? Like, go somewhere. Just like that. And Can you go break your leg in the fucking kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> go break your leg in silence so later. <laughs> Listen, and it wasn't their fault. Like my mother and my older sister emotionally were not in the best place. My other sister was, if I was like 17, she was 20. So she was a new adult. She had a job with good money. She was living her life. Okay. So again, I flew under the radar and he knew this. I would talk to him about these things. Yeah. So he was fully aware of like, oh, so you mean if you leave your house right now, nobody would know. Damn, because that's what he's He's not hearing, yo, I feel invisible. He's hearing, mm-hmm. oh, nobody is paying attention. Opportunity, I can get some booty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, so you could leave your house. Okay, well, I'd outside. I would be like, really? Okay, cool. Meanwhile, I was creepy as fuck. My- I was risking my fucking life because if Maria had ever found out, I would have got shot. But let's let's continue. So I'm in this situation where this person has all this time for me, right? And has all this access to me. And I feel like, wow, he really into me. Looking back, I was only hearing from him when he was good already to contact me, which was also at night, which was also when he could pick me up, which was also when he could get what he want. Like, this was not a relationship. This yeah. was somebody grooming a teenager to have a sexual relationship with them. Yeah. And it's insane to me that people oh. will see something like this, right? I see it all the time on a particular Virgin Islands newspaper slash blog slash travesty where they <laughs> constantly talk about these predatory situations involving grown men and teenage girls and VI people flock to the comments to <laughs> blame those girls and call them fast and talk about how oh they they're not children they're in their right mind they know what they're doing but i am telling y'all i am sitting in front of this fucking camera and saying to you i was 16 years old having a sexual relationship with a man who was at least 10 years older than me and yes i knew what i was doing but as a 30 year old looking back at that relationship I had no fucking idea of the gravity of the situation. He was not being honest about his age, about how inappropriate the situation was. And nobody around me was paying attention enough to step in and say, hey, what the fuck going on? Like, it's Mm -hmm. so easy for teenage girls to fall into these situations where they're being, and and boys, where they're being manipulated by an adult and where in their head, everything makes sense you couldn't tell me when i was 16 that our situation was wrong and inappropriate because Mm -hmm. i liked him because he would pay me attention because i was in a relationship you couldn't tell me it was wrong or that it was predatory it didn't seem that way until now when i'm an adult with a fully fucking formed brain and bigger titties and i understand what's going on exactly (laughs) and you you thing the fully formed brain part like (laughs) scientifically and i forget exactly which age it is the frontal the lobe, fully, yeah. The frontal lobe doesn't fully mature until after your teens. It's 26, like, so he, actually. 20, 26, like 25, 26. 20, 20, God damn it, that's even older than yep. thinking. So if your frontal lobe doesn't mature until 25, 26, 
what makes people and anybody believe that a person between 15 and 20 are in their right mind to make logical emotionally responsible and just responsible decisions period like exactly. the idea that when we turn 18 we're an, we're an adult that is the most cringe thing that we have to face in society because exactly. at 18 you just fresh out of high school boom boom now you're an adult I don't know the first thing about being an adult at 18. I quite literally just graduated high school six months ago. Literally. You know, it's so funny. You know what blows my mind, though? What blows my mind is that these same people, because it's always older people, it's always adults going into those comment sections blaming these young girls, especially about being fast, about being this, about being that, saying, oh, they knew what they were doing. But those same adults will look at their teenage child and say, you are a child. You have to respect me. You have to do everything I say. You are not an adult. I am not one of your little friends. You could establish that level of dominance with your child. But when you see another child in our community Mm. who is involved in a predatory relationship with an adult who's been essentially raped, Let's call it what it is. It's statutory it is statutory rape, rape. It's statutory rape. By an adult, somehow you now expect that child to have a level of responsibility and intelligence that you, you don't even see your that own child. That you don't even see that part. That part. So your child ain't old enough to go gallivanting on their own, but somehow this 17-year-old girl knew what she was doing and is mm. fully a fully functional adult and takes all the responsibility. What about the 30-year-old man? Let's talk about him for a second. Exactly. <laughs> we don't. We we gonna talk. Just for a quick okay. second. Because... You know, I saw yeah. something somewhere that said there is no child that can make somebody who's not attracted to children suddenly attracted to children. If you are not attracted to children, there is no child that will ever change that for you. Because I guarantee you, an eighteen-year-old boy ain't get shit I want. Let me tell you, I don't know. So let me tell y'all two, two instances in my life where I have actually turned down younger boys slash men, because for one, I'm physically not attracted to you, but also you are a child in my, like, I could never imagine doing this. Right. So this was when I was 24 and this little boy had to be about somewhere between 16 and 17. One of the little baggers at Plaza. That was, he used to always say he was my, oh God, and he was oh, cute, cute. And all. He was so handsome, his little face. But I had lived in Cyan Hill, so I used to frequent Plaza East. Because I'm not the type of person that likes to do a big shopping and fill up my fr- I like to see space in my refrigerator. So I tend to go to the grocery store like once a week. You know what I mean? Twice a week sometimes, depending on... Especially if I randomly decide I want to make this random thing for dinner, I'm going to run to the grocery store and grab... That's just the way I shop. So I frequented Plaza East. And this boy had loved me. He used to always rush to bag my stuff. He used to even tell the other baggers, when you see when you see she come in, do not go back her stuff. I'm going to back her stuff. It was a whole thing. And <laughs> he was his dominance already. He was, yes, it's it was up. so cute. He was really pissing <laughs> on the hydrant. So he would always flirt with me and press me. And I'm like, you are a literal child. I am never doing that. And he was like, but I said, I'm going to be a big man soon. And I graduated soon. And he used to really try to convince me to be. (laughs) I said, first of all, there's a few things I want to make clear. First things first, I am an adult. You are a child. I will never be involved with a child. That's number one. Number two, 
even if I was a trifling predator who was involved with children, I am not a single woman. I have a whole, like, you see this baby on my hip? He got a daddy. I'm with the daddy. It's not happening. Number three, your mama <laughs> is not going to come beat my ass in Plaza parking lot. Okay, like, <laughs> was a, this was a conversation, man, that little boy used to have all the time. I remember, and it's so funny because when I set that boundary, he accepted it. But he still would insist on bagging my groceries and stuff. I knew when my little papa was going to prom. I knew when he got his first car. You know, Aww. and we were still able to maintain that, like, that friendship. And it was just that you are the bagger but, who likes to bag my groceries. And it and was and that's a it. boundary that was appropriate for the age difference that I had. Exactly. And you as the adult knew that it was your responsibility uh, to set that boundary with exactly. him. Exactly. And you set it. And I set there, it. There that are doesn't a lot happen. of adults, yeah, who do not do that and make it mm -hmm. seem like, oh, well, they lied about their age. Oh, well, they pursued me. They insisted. Me. They really wanted How me. They the pursued fuck? me. How the fuck is a 15-year-old without a car and a driver's license pursuing you, sir? Drive away, bitch. Drive away. Drive away. <laughs> that part. Like, that part. Pursuing you where? Where did they pursue you? Did they chase you down and how, tie you? How did you end up in the same state for that person to pursue you? Because I guess what I want to know is of eight and four, they're in school, sir. I guess the thing that That's is confusing clear. to me, because you know what? Here in America, where school uniforms are not a thing, I can say patients. But when did maroon and white, when did plaid and white become a fashion plaid and yellow plaid and green like when did I mean, these when did collared when did button-up shirts with the little butterfly collar and ruffle socks and fucking pleated plaid skirts become a fashion trend insane. among adults I you don't know the fucking difference between a school uniform and the school <laughs> and a fashion statement <laughs> so, so let's 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 take it a step further right because in in thinking about your example Deidre I am thinking about the amount of men in our community whose first sexual experiences were with older women and how normal they think that is, right? Because it's not just a, a issue of grown men pursuing young girls. There is a very unspoken issue mm -hmm. of grown women pursuing and manipulating young boys because they know that the way young boys are socialized is to see sex as an accomplishment. Yes. So they take advantage of that. You know how many male friends, acquaintances, you name it, I have, who when I ask at what age did you lose their virginity, their age is somewhere between like 10... 11 and 14 or something like 14. that. It's, yeah, I've seen a couple of posts floating around Facebook when like these topics come up. And like even guys that I know, this guy was like... I've known him for a very long time. He was like, he lost his virginity very young to somebody much older than him. And he was like, I don't really feel a kind of way about it because, I mean, you know, you go, you know, you go into the, the excuse of that's what it's supposed to be or whatever we tell ourselves to make it seem okay. And everybody was trying to tell him, like, nah, dude, you were raped. That is called statutory rape. That person was a predator. That person took your virginity you were not in a mental space as a child to consent to having sex with a grown woman to even know what you're doing that's weird oh you want to hear something real creepy and this is going to tie into something that is being popularized on social media right now so dylan's dad um i don't remember how old he was but he was a child basically and this you know he's a lot older than us so this was way back in the day okay but he had his little job as a kid working at a hotel back home. 
And I think he said his first sexual encounter was with a woman who was a tourist. Hmm. And I don't know if she, I don't, I don't know the details of, but I remember him saying that it was a woman, a, a woman who was um like traveling and visiting the island and, I'm sh- I- I'm going to assume here that somehow she probably found a way to make it seem like worthwhile. Like maybe she gave him like a really large tip or, and of course flirted with him. I don't know the details, but it was very disturbing to me. So like basically tried to prostitute that child. Right. Well, <laughs> right. There's so many layers. It's not a trend, white but women... it's actually a thing. No, I'm there saying it's popularized there's women who go to like certain parts of Africa who specifically and travel do the to very same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. why I said it's not so much that it's a trend. I'm saying it's becoming popularized where people are talking about it. But this is something that's oh, been yeah. Yeah. for a very long time. These women go to different parts of the world to have sexual encounters with black boys and men specifically. It's very, very disturbing. Yeah. Let's just, talk Emmett Till for a second because that's giving me all kind of let's have her ass locked up kind of vibes for real yeah like listen it's it bothers me so much to the point that in this whole conversation i keep having to stop myself to say adults and teenagers like very gender neutral terms to make sure that the audience realizes that i am not just talking about teenage girls here like yeah I am very much talking about young boys as well because I know so many, again, who have been in similar relationships like me, but the difference in their situations were they were raised, literally raised to see that as an accomplishment, whereas I saw it as an accomplishment, but my community didn't, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I saw nothing wrong with my relationship with an adult, but my community did. However, if... He was the 16-year-old and I was the 26, 27-year-old. People yeah, would look at boy. him. Yeah, yeah. slap him on the back and be like, my boy, that's your woman there. She's not a grown woman. Like, you pull up. Yeah, how you manage so you, you can handle that. That's if it, you can handle all of that. Exactly. <laughs> they would see it as a good thing. Whereas if my relationship had ever really, really become public, I would have been the fucking slut of the century oh, at yeah. the age of 16 to my own community. It's it, like... I don't, I, and you know what's pissing me off because regardless of how, regardless of what side of the coin it's on, I feel like too much of it is falling on the children. It's falling on the children. Nobody says to that adult, like you, you fucked up. Yeah. Nobody fucked up. Everybody's seeing this 16 year old boy, for instance, who's got a 20 something and they're like, damn my boy, like that's lit. You can handle a lot, but they're not saying. Bitch, what the fuck is you doing with this child? Okay, like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, why are you not involved with men your own age? Same goes. They see girls with a grown man. They're saying she's too fast. Why is she chasing grown men when it's really a grown man who's pursuing Why is he coming to the schoolyard checking for this girl in a school skill? Our Our extremely perversely conservative Caribbean culture knows they know they know very well and very informed and very intimately just how much predatory behavior and predatory culture is ingrained in the fabric of our culture they know because it's not something that it's new it's something that they experienced yeah it's something that their parents before them experienced because i know stories of women who are old enough to be my grand my grandmother let me to know like when they came over from whatever island they came over from they taxi men because they were kids when they came over 
taxi men would solicit them and be like, if you want to get where you need to go, you need to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like that those actions are new. They know about and, it. They've and experienced you're right, Audrey, it. Because these are they just the refuse same... to talk about it. These are the same adults in our lives who, when we had a family member who everyone knew was just inappropriate in the way they interacted with young girls or young boys, mm-hmm. would then tell the, the child girls. to police themselves. The girls to, oh, you need go to put on some clothes. Uncle such and pants, such is such and such is coming. Exactly. Like when people don't denounce somebody's criminal behavior, and I'm going to say this with my chest, when they don't denounce somebody's criminal behavior, it's because they're guilty of the same behavior themselves. And in order to call out somebody on their bullshit, you have to admit your bullshit on your own. And a lot of people in our community don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Calling out themselves on their bullshit is something that is like, it's sacrilegious. It's unheard of. How dare I make myself accountable for the bullshit that I've done in life, right? Mm-hmm. Really and truly, mm-hmm. because I would go as far as to argue, because y'all brought up that podcast, all y'all would have dude was saying that he don't, he only dates younger women. I would go as far as to say that the reason that grooming the way that we're talking about it is not as big of a conversation topic is because more adults than we realize, if it were not such a culturally shameful thing, would have sexual relationships with teenagers that they were able able to manipulate because mm-hmm. they would enjoy being able to manipulate someone manipulate and, them mm-hmm. and have a partner that's what 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 did he say malleable malleable, malleable. yeah if malleable. it were not societally frowned upon more people than you you comfortable with knowing about would actually pursue relationships with teenagers and with young adults because they would succeed in those relationships. They would not be required to provide any kind of emotional intelligence in those relationships. So this is the way I see it. Yeah, these niggas. <laughs> I think that if if a person is in their mid to late 20s and they choose to date someone older, I can just point out there, that is entirely their choice. I think mm-hmm. at that point in your life, you are a fully functional adult. You have sometimes. a better... Sometimes. <laughs> But you have at least a, a mostly good understanding Standing. of who you are and what you want and what you yes. will or won't tolerate, right? Agreed. I feel like under 25, just thinking about me between, not even just me as a teenager, teenager, me at 18 years old until I graduated undergrad, there is so much that I thought I knew that I did not know about myself, about life. Yeah. And I think that I was in such an easy position for somebody to come in and be able to manipulate me to get what they wanted out of whatever relationship, right? I honestly cannot tell you that I was in healthy relationships where I was fully consenting to everything that was going on. And mm-hmm. when I see these young girls or even young women in relationships with much older men, I automatically find it suspicious because I look at the older men as like, okay, knowing what you know, not talking to the woman, but knowing what you know about yourself now, why do you feel comfortable dating someone who clearly doesn't have a full grasp on who they are and what they want out of their life? Exactly. So with that being said, I want to ask you guys this. Looking back at the situations where you were groomed, where you were clearly taken advantage of, what do you feel that that situation took away from you as a person? Wait a minute now. 
hold on <laughs> because holding on no the re reason why because i recently had a whole like breakdown um a few months like right at the beginning of summer because i realized how much of how much time was lost in that time frame that i spent being involved with such older men and how mm -hmm. much opportunities i had to learn things in a different way and i how far removed i was from my peers and how isolated i was um i remember i was um i was at work a friday night and all my little co-workers all my little baby i always call them my babies i'm like everybody's work mom but you know we locking up we closing up for the night and all my little babies were getting ready to go out for the night and they were all between 18 and 20 and they uh, were so excited and then i remembered being that age and i remembered those friday nights of me going out and having a good time and then i remember how quickly that was taken away from me and essentially i gave that up right but the reality is is that a grown man who i was very interested in right who could have said you're way too young for me you have a lot of life to live you have so much more you, you have a lot more to look forward to this is an, in a, a grown man who could have did that chose not to and chose to continue that relationship or whatever or make it a thing and by the time I was so I was what 21 I met him by the time I was 21 I was like truly adulting we were living together like he would have a fucking meltdown if I did want to hang out with my friends or you know what I mean and I'm like that shit had really fucked me up. I'm not gonna lie. I was crying. I was in Uber on the way home, bawling my eyes out. Like, cause that was the first time I had really like realized how much time was lost. I had a whole breakdown. I had to really process that. I feel a lot better about it. I'm like, it is what it is. Like, so I'm kind of um, using my thirties to kind of make up for lost time. And I'm just like, you know what? Um, I'm going to enjoy what I could have enjoyed in my twenties. At least now I have a little more discernment. So some of the mistakes I probably would have made that I'm not going to make, but I'm still going to still going to have the kind of fun I would have had. Love it. So what about um, you? I wouldn't say like, honestly, wouldn't say that I lost anything because like I said, mine wasn't sexual. Um, but I will say I learned a lot about myself and about what I want out of a partner, out of a relationship, or how, what I want out of, relationships with with opposite sex period with people period and having somebody that made me feel seen like validated whether it was a groomed relationship or not that's a feeling that is necessary in life because you don't want to walk around through life feeling like you're not important feeling like you don't have something to offer like somebody does not appreciate your presence so that relationship kind of instilled in me that whatever relationship I enter into friendship or otherwise like you have to be I have to feel validated and it has to be reciprocal like I'm not here just to serve a purpose for you and it, it came shoot, I'm still learning about relationships I've had to cut some friendships off because they were very one-sided like it, it was me trying to make these things work and continually trying to make these things work and make presence to be felt on both sides and I'm like fuck it I'm I can't do that anymore it's either you want to be my friend and you want to have this friendship or have this relationship or you don't I'm not forcing it anymore so that relationship instilled in me like yes being emotionally validated is ne is necessary I'm very particular with whom I share that side of me with which is why I'm still single because 
fucking men suck and I'm not giving all of this out to just anybody. <laughs> God damn it. So I'm sitting <laughs> through my true. single season. Listen, it's who. So I'm sitting through my single season, like being very particular and very decisive about who I share my space with. For me, I I gonna take a little bit from both of you. I feel like there's a lot that I lost as a result of being groomed, and there's a lot that I eventually, one day, ten years later, learned. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It, it took me a while because me being in that inappropriate relationship literally affected everything I did for the next ten years. Right? Oh hell Altered yeah! How I navigated relationships because I thought that I should recreate that same scenario which and then allow more people to manipulate me and take advantage um, yeah but i will say i didn't just lose out on my autonomy because i was groomed i lost out on friends because i was groomed um i very i don't want to say very publicly but i've spoken about it in in vaguely on the podcast before i lost essentially my best friend in high school not because i was being groomed but because she was being groomed and because grooming is very much about trust and manipulation and the person who she was in that relationship with did something inappropriate and because she trusted this person and had been manipulated by this person years into this point decided that that was the relationship that was the most important and it cost us our friendship and this was a very monumental, very important friendship in my life, which then altered how I navigated my relationships with women for literally the next 10 years because yeah. I felt so betrayed by this. And it literally, I looked at it, I remember looking at it for a long time as her fault. And I think when I finally started to understand what grooming is, that, you know, statutory rape was a thing and that it had happened to me and my friends. When I fully, fully realized that is when I was able to forgive her and realize that while she, while I felt she was wrong, she was a teenage girl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she did what any teenage girl who was being manipulated by a grown man would have done in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I Correct. was able to forgive her. But for 10 years of my life, that was a huge loss for me. Yeah. So there was a lot like of pain involved. There was a lot of mistrust there is a lot of healing that's had to happen and therapy that's had to happen, especially as I've had to do more work to heal myself in a healthy relationship now than I ever had to do when I was in toxic, inappropriate, unhealthy relationships with men because those relationships taught me how to navigate. So now that someone is trying to interact with me in a healthy way, is not trying to manipulate me, does not always want sex in exchange for everything else. Right. I don't, I had to like unlearn and I'm it still does not compute. how to, yeah, it doesn't compute and it, it, it's so difficult to navigate and it makes me so fucking angry to the point where like, I wish I could find that person's number or contact information and ask him like g- genuinely, truly, what the fuck was wrong with you? Like, why would you approach me? Why would you want that relationship with me? Because you literally caused me to i don't want to say fuck up my life but you fuck up my life like yeah <laughs> i had a good you know life. and I'm a- i have but i've had difficulty really just a really hard time 
navigating relationships and sex in a healthy way yeah because of you and you were an adult so what the fuck (laughs) like you know the thing that i feel like this is a factor and this is not excusing any of these um predators right but i think a big part of it is that majority of the people home genuinely don't see the problem right and they don't recognize that it's a problem um and i think that that's a factor because i'm just like in his mind he hasn't done anything wrong it's like a sickness almost like and a lot of people are not going to see it as this adult was inappropriate with a child and manipulated a child so even let's say you call him right now and you're like dude what the fuck I was a child. Why were you with me? He going to be like, but that's what you wanted. Yeah. Which is so, yeah. I just wish we could get to the root of this sickness that is prevalent in our community where so many people just don't see the problem in it. It's like, it's, it's weird. Also, to- it's, I'm sorry to cut you off. It is also why it took me so long to be open about my history and experiences with sexual assault because multiple incidents happened at the hands of men who were older or in situations or periods of time where like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was around people I wasn't supposed to be around and me exposing that would have exposed the fact that like I was dating somebody who were older. I was involved with somebody who were older. My friend was involved with somebody who were older. So every time I would think like, Oh, I kind of want to publicly talk about this. I would try to think about like, well, if they find out that I've publicly spoken about this, their response is going to be like, well, you consented to this or right. y'all were around when you were teenagers, you were doing whatever you wanted. So technically it's your fault, which all victims go through. They blame themselves. Yeah. But the reality of victims it is- Victims blame themselves and everybody blames the victim and victims bear the burden of responsibility exactly. when it's not the victim's fault. Exactly. Yeah. The reality is- the only people at fault for any of the scenarios were the grown consenting adults who were pursuing teenagers. Children. Children. Like you said, Audrey, the person now having to do the walk, having to go to therapy, having to have these very public conversations for the sake of the public good. Because I don't want to talk about grooming. I don't want to talk about the fact that I've been sexually assaulted. But nobody else in this fucking community is going to do it. Yeah. So me and Draga set up these really nice mics to do that <laughs> shit. Right. And the kind of emotional labor that it takes to do episodes like this, mm. once me and Heiza turn off this mic, we have to process this episode, right? Yeah. Because I have to process the things that I chose not to share, the things that I was not comfortable sharing. I ha- Heiza has to process everything that she just dug up to share. Audrey also has to process everything that she just shared, like, and 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 it's worth it let's be clear i'm not upset it is worth it it's worth it because at the end of the day if we can if for nothing else if a 19 year old girl is listening to this and she's dating a 30 something a 40 something and she's able to stop and kind of reflect on some of the things that's currently going on in her relationship and say wait a minute maybe this is inappropriate hey maybe all good not even maybe yourself why it is inappropriate Yeah, and and that's what well, Heiza said. Ask yourself why? Why is this man who is almost twice my age so interested in me? Somebody who is barely out of high school, exactly. barely in college, and does not know who she is. Why does this man want me? What exactly. is it about him that these other 
women his age keep knocking Does him not, down about that part like that because he needs to be with somebody else ask all of these why it's going to be uncomfortable as fuck and it's going to make you look it at is. yourself in a different way but at 19 when you ask the uncomfortable questions you 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 tend to break you break the veil you break through something that allows you to live a healthier life because let's face it if you live in the caribbean and it's not just the virgin islands if you live in the caribbean conversations about healthy relationships healthy sex um reciprocal relationships those conversations don't exist are you in pain we enough to do this work <laughs> go ahead audrey <laughs> there is so much that we could touch on for this one so topic. much <laughs> And it's, it's, a shot. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking because I know that every person listening to this, whether or not it was you in the situation, you knew someone who was mm-hmm. in the situation. And all I have to say to that is, is if in 2022, you still know someone in that situation and you're not saying something and you're not calling that person out and you're not ostracizing predators and making them feel like they have no fucking place in your social circles, then you are not a friend to me or this podcast because nope. I am so tired of the status quo remaining the status quo. Like, please listen to this episode and know that 17, 16, 17-year-old me is begging y'all to fucking do something because yes. I wish that a monitor or a teacher or fucking somebody had pulled me aside and said, hey... You know that shit ain't right, right? And this person is manipulating you and you deserve better and you are a child. But you know what? I wish someone had done that for me. I wish they did, but let's not, let's keep it a book. As a teenage girl, you would have seen it as them trying to control you. I wish they had pulled that grown man aside and said, what the fuck are you doing here? You're being creepy. This is a child. Get the fuck on. I wish that they did that. I wish that they had done both though. Not to say that that person would have been putting the fault on me because I recognize what you're saying. But I wish somebody had displayed that they gave a fuck enough. I get that. Yeah. To recognize that it was a problem. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I gonna wrap it up here because this is gonna be a long episode. I, (laughs) I gonna wrap it up here, but I, I do want to come out and say thank you so much to you both for using this space to talk about your personal experiences because like Deidre said this fuck hard anytime somebody comes on this show including us and exposes our childhoods our trauma that shit ain't easy so I really appreciate Mm -hmm. you both for doing it um oh you're welcome this is a a fully consensual show you could know so I, I appreciate you both and Audience, I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, I encourage you to have these conversations at home. That's the whole purpose of this show. Some of you need to find those old phone numbers for the people who are approaching you when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And when they pick up the phone, just ask them, be like, hey, that fuck I'm fuck you. you. <laughs> what the fuck wrong with you? Exactly. Like, let's exactly. start confronting these marascans yep. publicly. I say we start ostracizing them. We really start, like, you know, like, when Cersei had to be walked walk down the street naked and shit was being thrown at her? I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see us walking niggas down the street and throwing shit and yell at shame. With that, y'all, it's it's been a great week. We appreciate you, as always. You know where to find us at Good Up Pod. Audrey, where can the people then find you? Where can we support your walk? Oh my gosh. Where can you find me now? Um, as always, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook and Instagram, 
Audrey L. Malone. Search through her eyes or, or Deidre Friendly and you're going to find me. I mean, <laughs> that's, 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 that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I will tag her in everything in the episode description. Just, you know, follow the shenanigans. Definitely look out for more from the magazine because it is for VI women mm-hmm. and it's for women, about women, inspired by women. And I really want to, like, continue building platforms that lift up women and the stories that we share. So bravo and kudos to the Good Up podcast. The good up, good up people here for Dang. amplifying stories that we really need to hear and, and having conversations that are uncomfortable that we really need to talk about. And City Girl Virgin Islands will be another platform to do just that as well. Minus the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> More definitely about giving people their, their their flowers and sharing and accolades. Maybe some heavy lifting, but not a lot. The good up podcast will give you all the heavy lifting you need. <laughs> that's where you can find me. Being good up ain't easy. Um, you know what? It's really not. It's really not. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, honey, because baby, baby, the heavy lifting y'all be doing over in these streets. Goodness gracious. But you know what? Speaking of being good up, I do want Mm -hmm. to take a moment to highlight Deidre. Deidre actually has a Patreon now for her astrology work. Y'all, Deidre is not just my co-host and my sister and my good up friend. Deidre is also like my spiritual person advisor i come to deidre for all things i literally were asking deidre about some fuckery before we start this kind of like deidre what do you think this mean um so deidre does really really good honest transparent work that i think is very ethical in comparison to a lot of these girls on tiktok pulling tarot cards um so please go support my girl become a patron even if you're a patron at a good up podcast you could slide another couple dollars deidre way i am a patron of she is one wow, of my okay. patrons hey isa is one of my patrons and my patreon is specifically because i want to find a way to be more accessible to people who can't afford to spend a hundred plus dollars to sit with me for 50 minutes you know exactly. what i mean so i created the patreon so that i could you know, provide some of these services in a more, um, in an affordable way, but also to create some educational tools. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a little something that I'm cooking up for the Patreon. Um, it's gonna, y'all gonna be in y'all feelings a lot because it's pretty much gonna, it's giving like workbooks and such. And Deidre is doing good work and I want to make sure we highlight that because a lot of times we don't focus on just the podcast, but we are doing other things. We are developing ourselves in other areas. And I, and by we, I mean Deidre because I really just doing a podcast right now. I well, chilling. thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you for that because y'all, hey, as I caught me out of left field <laughs> when she was like, hey, let's talk about what Deidre does. I'm like, Because wow. I want to make sure I give your flowers, you know, wow. you're doing good shit. Um, and self promo is important. Um, but yeah, again, thank you all so much. You know where to find us right back here next Tuesday on the only motherfucking podcast that'll make you call your therapist after. Good up. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but so you're going to always be good up. You're going to always exactly. be good up. Exactly. You're going to always be good up. So Deidre, without further ado, tell the people and bye. Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast. 